Welcome to the Calvary Podcast, a ministry of Calvary Episcopal Church recorded live in Memphis. The Calvary Podcast is weekly sermons, but also conversations, reflections, and provocations about the mystery of God and what it means to be human in the world in need of repair. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the 1989 movie, Field of Dreams, Ray Kinsella, a former 1960s hippie, now a reluctant farmer in Iowa, hears a voice in a cornfield that famously says, if you build it, he will come. The voice persists, and he is given the vision of a baseball field. Ray is convinced that, as insane as it sounds, he needs to take a large part of his cornfield out of cultivation and go to all the extra expense of building a baseball field, complete with lights. He talks to his wife, Annie, and she tells him that if it's something he feels strongly about, he should do it. So he does. One night, when Ray and Annie were trying to sort through their dwindling finances, their daughter lets them know there's a man out in the field. It turns out to be the long-deceased baseball player, Shoeless Joe Jackson, a hero of Ray's father. Shoeless Joe asks if he can bring his his friends to the field. They begin to appear in the ball field and then disappear to his nearby cornfield. Then Ray hears the voice again. This time it says, ease his pain. He's not sure what this means. Annie tells him that this nonspecific voice is really beginning to hack her off and get on her nerves. Ray is convinced that he needs to travel to Boston, somehow find the 60s writer Terrence Mann, and convince him to go to a ball game in Fenway Park, where he believes something important will happen. Again, as insane as all this sounds, Ray continues to follow the voice. He takes off in the van for Boston, finds the reclusive Terrence Mann, and after much cajoling and consternation, convinces him to go to the ball game with him. About halfway through the game, they both see a vision on the scoreboard of a player from the early 20th century, Archibald Moonlight Graham. They both hear the voice saying, go the distance. Like the other times the voice speaks, they're not sure exactly what this means, but they know that part of it will be driving the distance from Boston to Minnesota to find Archibald Graham. Go the distance is the mantra of Abraham, He's not a flawless character, but he is a faithful one. In the first of our Old Testament lessons from Genesis, he answers God the way he always does. Here am I. He lets God know that he is not only present, but he is one on whom God can depend. The test that God proposes to Abraham is terrifying. To take his long-awaited child of promise up a mountain, and then kill him as a burnt offering. 
story is not just horrific, it's insane. After uprooting his life from his homeland at age 75, Abraham goes through famine, danger, and narrow escapes. He has one son, Ishmael, by his wife Sarah's slave, Hagar. But God tells him that Sarah will have a son herself, and both sons will be the fathers of great nations. And at the age of 90 years old, Sarah gives birth to Abraham's child of promise, Isaac. So why would God want Abraham, now over 100 years old, to destroy this child on whom the whole future promise rests? Abraham seems confident that something is going to happen to prevent the death of Isaac. He tells the two young men helping them on the first leg of their journey that both he and Isaac will be coming back down the mountain to them. He tells Isaac that God himself will see to and provide the animal for the burnt offering. But he does not fully know what's going to happen or exactly how it's going to happen. He simply follows God's voice, and he trusts. David Bland writes, What God wants from Abraham is not Isaac's death. What God wants from Abraham is Abraham's heart. The moment when Abraham holds the knife over Isaac with fear and trembling, the angel calls out to Abraham from heaven. Abraham again responds, Here am I. The angel tells him to stop. He passes the test. Abraham goes the distance. He then looks up and sees a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. Now the horns of the ram are very significant. The ancient Hebrew people saw ram's horns as similes for that which in humanity aspires toward the highest. The horns, while they reach up to the sky, are still rooted in the animal. They are the signs of joining together heaven and earth. That is what this night is all about. We have brought the heavenly light of Christ into the darkest corners of our world. We have heard the stories of God saving us from death time and time again. We have arisen to new life with Jesus as we renewed our baptismal vows a moment ago. We have seen how God has joined us in the mire through the life and death of Jesus that we experience throughout Holy Week and lifts us all up to new hope through his resurrection tonight. In the movie Field of Dreams, Ray and Terrence go the distance by fighting the long-dead Archibald Graham, known as Doc Graham, in Minnesota. He's had a successful career in being a caring physician to the people of his small town. Yet Doc Graham shares with Ray his deepest dream to have one more chance to stare a major league pitcher in the eyes and to get a hit. Later, Ray and Terrence pick up a hitchhiker who turns out to be the younger version of Archibald Graham. When they get back to Iowa, They cheer as Archibald Moonlight Graham fulfills his dream on the ball field. Terrence, who had become a cynical recluse, finds his life and his passion renewed by this unlikely journey. 
Terence is even invited by the ballplayers to join them in the cornfield. His and Archibald's involvement in this story reminds us of how God's dream is big enough to encompass all our stories, no matter how unlikely or disjointed, but to somehow connect the dots in this overall story of resurrection. When Ray's daughter falls out of the stands, Ray has a crisis of faith much like Abraham's. He leans over his daughter, and then he sees young Archibald in the field. Ray knows that on that scene, there is a doctor present. He nods to Archibald. And young Archibald crosses the boundary of the field to reemerge as old Doc Graham and saves Ray's daughter. The movie suggests that there is a porous boundary between heaven and earth. Players move in, out of, in and out of the ball field and the cornfield. I believe that's closer to the way it really is. The life, death, and resurrection of Jesus show that God is not confined to the heavenly realm. God comes to earth and enters our humanity. We are not completely confined to the earthly realm. There are transcendent moments, perhaps even lifetimes, in which Jesus takes us up to the heavenly realm in the midst of the here and now. Ray gets rewarded at the end of the movie by learning who the he is for whom he built the field. He is reunited and reconciled with his father, from whom he had been estranged, to fulfill Ray's deepest dream, a game of catch with his dad. As Abraham and Ray Kinsella learn, we know not where the path of resurrection and new life will lead. We do know that their examples reflect the sheer persistence of God, the sheer faith of God in us, and the humble step-by-step walk of Jesus. All we know is to go the distance, because God always goes the distance for us. If you're curious about Calvary Episcopal Church, we are an eclectic bunch of Christian people who don't all think the same thoughts or dress the same way or vote for the same candidates or even believe all the same things about the mystery of God and what it means to be human. But we do believe that we need each other because of our differences, not in spite of them, and that God calls us into unity, not uniformity. Subscribe to the Calvary Podcast at calvarymemphis.org podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit Calvary in person at the corner of 2nd and Adams in the heart of downtown Memphis, Tennessee.